Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. That's celebration music, everybody, because we had ourselves a perfect night. Ten fights, ten finishes, and just when we thought the finish streak might come to an end, we we headed to the championship rounds in the main event. Jamal Hill closes the show and is a perfect 10 for 10. First time this has happened since 2014. Second time ever. And the card that it happened on was... Headlined by Luke Rockhold knocking out Michael Bisbing in 2014. But hey, listen, sometimes these cards on paper don't look the best and they deliver on fight night. And that's exactly what happened here. Great win for Jamal Hill. Great win for a lot of other people. We have two new tough champions, which I'm sure AK will be thrilled to talk about. But thank you for joining us. I am Mike Heck. Jose Youngs is here as well. The traveling machine. Hello there. I have so many questions about the Sandman, but we'll have to save that for for another time. AK Lee is in the building following this Tough 30 finale. And E. Casey Lydon on the ones and twos. We'll hear from him. There he is. We'll hear from him a little bit later as we go to your questions. But Jose, let's begin with you, my man. Jamal Hill comes in. A lot of hype. A lot of people were kind of writing Tiago Santos off. Tiago Santos, I thought, had a pretty smart game plan tonight. He made Jamal Hill work a little bit. In fact, two of the judges had Tiago Santos up 29-28 heading into that fourth round. One judge had it 29-28 for Jamal Hill. Your thoughts on Jamal Hill's performance and just the fight in general because the fight was way more fun than I thought it was going to be. That's for sure. Yeah, I guess it Tiago Santos's game plan wasn't what I expected, but it was the right game plan, if that makes sense. Like if I'm going to put a game plan together against Jamal Hill, who hits really hard and puts people like his nickname is really like what sweet dreams because he puts people to sleep. If I'm going to formulate a game plan for him, it's going to be to kind of take him off his feet and push him against the fence and take him down and just take him out of his element. Tiago Santos was doing the best he could. Jamal Hill had pretty good takedown defense Tiago Santos was still I I had him up two rounds I think we said the judges had him up two rounds too like you said um was it one and three for Santos and then two for Jamal Hill I I would agree with that so good game plan Jamal Hill obviously cheated with defense grab Herb Dean didn't see that (laughs) kicked uh kicked Tiago Santos in the groin and then put them in a neutral position rather than you know uh, the, the advantageous position that Tiago Santos had before getting kicked in the groin. So some some things shouldn't have should have gone Tiago Santos's way that clearly didn't. Uh, but Jamal Hill, I mean, his cardio wasn't great. He looked pretty exhausted too, as we saw in his post fight interview. Uh, he could barely like string a sentence together without uh, running out of breath. Tiago Santos literally fell over. He was so tired in that fourth round. So. I won't say Jamal Hill's cardio was better. It just wasn't as bad as Tiago Santos <laughs> for this. I think that's the way I would put it. Uh, but it was a it was a it was a really good game plan for Santos as long as 
it lasted. His body just failed him at the end, not because of damage he was taking, but because he just got exhausted. And Jamal Hill was just slightly less exhausted and capitalized on it. And this is a sport. That's the game. Uh, and he won fair and like I won't say fair and square because he did cheat. He just didn't get caught, but he won. And the light heavyweight division has a new title challenger uh, around the corner. Yeah, everybody seemed to react to that. Eric Nixick, of course, reacted to it and was like, hey, next time my fighter's in a bad position, yeah. I'm just going to have Neem in the groin get into a neutral position. And, of course, I tagged in my buddy Jed, and I was like, what do we learn here, Jed? Always cheat because it's never going to get called, and there's never any repercussions. But, AK, you're, you're a man of rules. Rules rule for you. Mm-hmm. But the man who ruled the night at the end was Jamal Hill. So yeah. your thoughts on his performance? And, you know, we'll talk matchmaking tomorrow, but – are you like completely sold on this guy right now after this performance? Or are you just like, listen, great win, but boy, we got some work to do here. Yeah, it was, it's exactly the fight he needed at this kind of stage of his career. He fought a really tough veteran, uh, a veteran that was willing to mix, mix some martial arts, mix things up, a fight, fight in an unexpected way. Um, but he got he got some of this. He saw some of the striking of Tiago Santos. He saw a lot of the wrestling of Tiago Santos. This is what he needed. This is what he needed. Um, how old is Jamal Hill? Jamal is what, 31, I think? 31, something there, right? 31. And very, very young into his career, though. Only started fighting, uh, turned pro 2017. So, yeah, I, l- listen, he's going to need these experiences. If anything, getting a fight like this against a guy like Chico Santos, a, a one time uh, UFC world title challenger, a guy who took John Jones to the limit in your 13th pro bout. I mean, and, and then to, to get the win, to gut out a win, even, even though, uh, you know, it wasn't going his way on a couple of the scorecards. That's impressive. That's impressive. Um, I like the Jan Blachowicz call out. I think it might be a little too soon for that. But if he gets it, you're not going to complain if you're his team. I mean, you love that fight. You're just you're just going to go for it for sure. So um, not, not a bad call out at all. Uh, I still think that uh, we can take him a little bit slow, but it's going to be hard because he is. I think in our rankings, he'll be still be just outside the top 10 probably. I'm not sure what you guys are thinking, but we'll see when the next uh, the next ranking cycle comes around. And the UFC rankings, though, yeah, he's going to be in the top ten, and obviously that's uh, that's you know how they, what what's really going to matter for it to the to the matchmakers. So, um, but yeah, I, I did not think it was like a bad performance by him at all. Got a little sloppy. Um, he was in danger in some parts. He lost rounds. Showed some deficiencies with the, with the wrestling. That's okay. That's okay. But we we are we are very young uh, in the Jamal Hill experience so far. We've seen a lot of them in a short amount of time, but I don't think he's near as good as he's going to be. So, you know, no major issue with the performance. Good for him from, for uh, for getting getting that win. And uh, credit to Tiago Santos for putting on, I think, the best the best effort we've seen from him for a while. Yes, it was. Uh, yeah, you're right. I think it was exactly the fight Jamal Hill needed. And, I mean, I liked where he went with the call out. I mean, I like, listen, Jose, I totally get where you're coming from. He's tired. He just went through a war. You're not going to get on the mic and go crazy. I mean, Conor McGregor did after the, the second Nate Diaz fight. But then he comes out and just, I, I loved what he said at the end. Y'all going to let that experience stuff go. Y'all ain't ever experienced nobody like me. I've said, I've seen plenty like y'all, though. I love that. That was fantastic stuff. Do you think he gets the Amblehovich fight, Jose? No. Do you think it's maybe too soon? What are you thinking for him? I don't think – I think it is too soon in terms of how everything's going to play out because if, it just depends on what the title fight's going to be. If it's going to be Yuri Glover, then you got Ankolaevs in there and you got Jans in there. So if they want to fight, so be it. If they want to wait around, so be it. But I think it might be a little too soon. I just if, – if, if he does fight Jan – It'll be by process of elimination because, like, Ankaliyev probably won't fight until he gets a title fight. Uh, Ratchik is hurt, and Anthony Smith is hurt. Dom Reyes isn't back yet. And then I guess I guess you could fight Dominic Reyes, but it, will the UFC match him up with him? Uh, do they want to risk Dominic Reyes losing a fourth fight in a row? Uh, and I assume if he loses to Jamal, it'll be violently. So that would be three straight violent losses. So... If he gets the on fight, it'll just be by process of elimination. But I, I personally think it's a big step up. But if that's the fight, that's the fight. There's still other fights I would like to see him fight. Like I know Dustin Jacoby has that fight coming up. I know Jed said I would wouldn't mind that fight, but that might not make sense sense ranking wise. Just like the light heavyweight division, all those two injuries to Smith and um, Ratchik, and then the, the title picture just kind of clogs everything up. So he might have to fight backwards if he wants to stay active. Yeah, I feel like Reyes might be 
sort of the last man standing in, in, yeah. in this domino series right now. I think yeah. Jan was pos- like, if he went out there, just bolted Tiago in the first round and got him out of there. Like a lot of people thought he would. And then he went on the mic and just cut a good promo. I think he had a chance to get the on fight, but I think Jan Magomed ain't collapsed the fight. And this is, he, this is not a bad thing at all. I for guess Jamal he Hill. could fight the winner of Ozdemir and Krylov, I guess. Yeah, that's not a bad one either. It just depends. I mean, he's probably going to have to sit for a little bit because that was a yeah. grueling-ass fight, but good for him. Oh, by the way, no, apparently he's fighting. Uh, he's going to be fighting August 20th at welterweight because I don't know if you guys saw the graphic on the UFC <laughs> broadcast with the upcoming events. Uh, Jamal oh. Hill's going to be fighting Kamar Usman um, in place of Leon Edwards. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you're the best. That's why you're the best of the game. Poor Leon Edwards, man. The guy just can't catch a break. So I mean, he's yeah, fighting Tiago's for a world. A, he's fighting for a world title. I think. I think his he's just fine right now. Yeah, yeah, that's good. You're just flying under the radar a little bit more. So, great win for Jamal Hill. We'll see where he goes from here. But AK Jeff Neal, Jeff freaking Neal. He and regained his name. People, okay, go ahead. Go off on that. I was just going to ask you that. Did he, he officially is, he regain is, the? He is the Jeff Neal again. Neal. Yeah. The, the Ponzinibbio win was nice, but it wasn't like the most, you know, it wasn't the greatest performance. But I mean, tough, tough win, obviously, against a veteran. But boy, everyone was saying it. Mike, you were saying it on Twitter today, uh, maybe the best Jeff Neal we've ever seen. And right in the first round, we we're like, that might be the best round he's ever fought. And he didn't let up. He, he just kept up, put the pressure on against a guy who is normally the one who's putting all the pressure on their opponent in Vicente Luque. Um, outstanding striking, just great, great patience, uh, picked his spots well. Did it did not again when he had Luke Hurt from the beginning and just and just knew when to, you know, not to do just enough, you know, not to not to get caught. Cause he knows that he had respected Luke. He knew he was dangerous. Uh, but man, when the ta- and then when the time came to really just put it away uh in, in the uh in the third round, man, just a bunch of uppercuts, big left hand. Uh it was it was awesome. It was awesome. Uh, you you had Mike said you'd said before the fight, like Neil, very logical upset pick. I think he, I don't know if he was your favorite upset pick, but I think I think you definitely made sure to point that out when we were asked for uh, who were the, uh, the you know the the intriguing underdogs uh, on the pre-fight Q and A. And I know you definitely mentioned uh, Jeff Neil. Yeah, Neil is a talent man. This was his um, I would say his ninth UFC fight. He's had a couple of stumbles against uh, you know ranked opponents. That's fine. It happens to everyone. Um, but he's got some big wins too. Bilal Muhammad on there, as he mentioned, and of course now Vicente Luque tonight. So. Uh, we also said before who did this um who needed this win more and we said you know luke it's gonna be really tough for him to be a contender again uh, or to, to be viewed as a contender if, if he drops this one and especially the way he dropped tonight i think getting pretty pretty thoroughly beaten by jeff neal uh big climb back for luke but neal i mean you can tell me that you could you tell me this guy's two fights away from a uh, from a title shot uh, i'm i'm all in i really believe it yeah, tremendous performance. And I, I know we didn't have you on the preview show, Jose, but I'm sure this is the one, like everybody else, you had circled on this card in terms of high-level martial arts and the potential for violence. And this one certainly delivered, but Jeff Neal was the one who, who out-violencing basically the the welterweight king of violence. Your thoughts on Jeff Neal's performance and good night for Fortis MMA, was it not? Yeah, seriously. Uh it's been a it's been a good couple it's been a good couple weeks for Fortis MMA, but um yeah, this is Jeff Neal has never looked better. And I don't know, and I don't want to take anything away from his performance, but Vicente Luque's strategy was very strange to just kind of stand there squared up. I did like Jeff Neal like did it didn't need to kick. He didn't need to do any takedowns, he just jabbed and punched uh, Vicente Luque until Vicente Luque just his body just fell apart against the fence. So strange strategy for Vicente Luque, but good on Jeff Neal for taking advantage of that. Like you just Vicente Luque just looked square and boxed up, and there was just like this big target between his hands that was like punch me in the face, please. And Jeff Neal did that a lot until Vicente Luque just collapsed. So good on Jeff Neal for the fight high fight IQ to just take advantage of that opening and. I guess poor fight IQ on Vicente Luque's part for not adjusting the game plan and you know closing up his defense a bit. But Vicente Luque is also tough as hell. Like he he, I'm surprised he got out of the first round, let alone make it to the third round. So uh, his toughness shown through. Just Jeff Neal just hits really freaking hard. His name is Hands of Steel for a reason. So yeah, good on him. Yeah, tremendous performance. So let me ask you, Jose, where does Jeff Neal go from here? He calls out Gilbert Burns. 
liked i actually dug the call it a lot he goes hey yeah. listen i'm gonna be number six you're vicente's teammate essentially here's your chance to get one back for your guy i think the fight makes a lot of sense i mean i, I liked the call out is do you feel like he's gonna get a fight like that is that possible for him after this performance i don't think so i think gilbert burns is probably gonna fight like Gilbert Burns trying to fight Hori Masvidal. Hori Masvidal is trying to fight Conor McGregor. Colby Covington's nowhere to be seen. Hamzad is fighting a guy that's unranked. So the top five of the welterweight division is just silly right now. So I guess, like, who do you give him? Like, the winner of Bilal Muhammad versus Sean Brady? Like, he already has a win over Bilal Muhammad. Bilal Muhammad tweeted, I've never lost to anything twice in my life. So I'm sure if the division is so clogged up, from my experience interacting with MMA fighters, they don't normally mind rematching a guy that beat them because they want that win back. Now, if Jeff, if Bilal Muhammad has moved on, so be it. But Sean Brady is, what, 10th, 11th in our ranking? So he would make sense. So maybe the winner of that, he, he's already lost to Stephen Thompson, right? If I remember correctly? Or am I thinking of the Vicente Lucas? Yeah, fight? he lost. I know, they both have. Yeah, yeah. They both, they yeah, both, they have, both yeah. lost. You know, so... I don't know. The the top of the welterweight division just needs to get their act together so we can get fun fights. But uh, again, it's it's like light heavyweight, just process of elimination. Last man standing might just be the winner of Bilal Muhammad and Sean Brady. Or hell, yeah, I, I'll watch him fight Daniel Rodriguez whenever he comes back. That sounds like a fun fight. Well, I will say there is another very popular name that has been thrown out there. Uh, I don't like it as much as the Gilbert Burns one. I, I actually think Gilbert makes sense just I mean, because Gilbert's aim as hell and if gilbert's gonna fight by the end of the year i feel like jeff deals his best shot because i just don't think unless yeah. like this whole thing with with Mazel gets cleared up in the next couple of weeks which you know I mean, it may happen but it may not there's the, there it is ak there it is a lot of people want to see jeff neal versus shafkat rock yeah i got some d it's in my dms it's in my dms a lot of yeah. people uh yeah i don't know maybe the way they have to go doesn't uh doesn't Kevin Holland have a win over Jeff Neal on the regional scene? He sure sounds, does. Right? Yeah. Would not mind sure running Allen back in the UFC. Yeah. Double hey, listen. Boys. You want to put Kevin and Jeff Neal on that September 10th card? Go right ahead. Like, mm-hmm. put some put, put a welterweight fight on that card, please. Yeah. Someone like that we would want to see fight. Um, yeah. I know that these guys, aka, somewhat train together. Um, but I feel like Luke A might be the guy that Shafkot's going to have to fight next at this point. Like, oh, Luke has already, Luke has already oh. said that even though they have trained together from, from time to time at Sanford MMA, he would fight Shafkot. Like he has said that before. I feel like this is what's going to happen. Do you think, do you think that? Cause what do we do with, what do we do with Luke <sighs> now? He's in a really tough spot after the second loss. I, I mean, honestly, listen, uh, yeah, I, I, I think you ignore the rankings. I don't think he needs to fight anyone in the top 15. I really don't. I think that, I think the two losses, if anything, kind of liberate him from any rankings talk. It sucks. If you're him, of course you want to fight some of the rankings. You want to get a win and get back in that title talk. But it's like we said, I don't know if the matchmakers are going to view him that way. I, I said with a loss, I certainly wouldn't. Um, I think he's a he's certainly a top 15 talent, but he, doesn't, he does not need to keep fighting top 15 guys. Uh, let me take a quick look at my rankings here. Um, who do I, I – just, just, uh, he's, he's almost like, like a fun fights guy now. It sounds bad. I, I like the Dale Rodriguez suggestion I, that uh, that Jose just threw out there. I don't know Li Jingliang. Like I just think there's there's a lot of fun fights for him, and I don't know. Sure, I don't know if he needs to worry about what fight keeps me in title contention. It it, it really sucks to say because we all want to see it. We all think he's put in the work. I mean, what he won? What four straight, five straight, nine out of ten at one point probably deserves a title shot over guys like you know like Jorge Masvidal, who you know are what whatever win streak that got him a title fight it's who you beat his biggest win is Kiesa Tyron Woodley well past his best before date unfortunately um and now he's got these two losses so yeah I don't know I'm uh, if he gets shop caught sure I'm sure he'd, he'd do it like I said whether they train together or not it's a, it's a great fight for him to get but I just hope they they put him in a fun fight let's see if we can you know rebuild him that way and uh maybe he can sort of accidentally trip it back into uh you know title talks in the future but I don't think that needs to be a concern for for him or or his uh, his team right now Kevin Holland or Daniel Rodriguez would fit and fit well in that other spot as well. So, I mean, there are plenty of fun fights for him. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. 
Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts. We will see what happens. But AK, I will turn it on over to you because the Tough 30 yeah. finale went down. There it is, the Tough 30 People's Post-Fight Show. Here we are, oh, yeah. AK. We have two new tough champions. Muhammad Usman, the big underdog, gets it done, brutal knockout. And Juliana Miller cashes as a favorite, gets it done. So basically, and I listened to No Bets Bard, by the way. No, did if you? anybody no. took your advice, no. I did not. But if no. anybody took your advice, uh, they lost no. a bunch of money. So your thoughts on... How these two fights played okay. out? Who impressed you more? Do they? What are you thinking? A few things here. A few things here. First of all, let me let me address a broader point here that I see in the comments. People <laughs> saying like, "Oh, you guys, you guys owe this card an apology," and it's like for like saying, "Oh God, no." Paper. No. I, I'm just, very briefly, guys. The card looked bad on paper. If you think the card looks good on paper, just just type right now. There's no such thing as a bad UFC card on paper, and that's fine. If you love the UFC and you think like every card deserves to be, you know, judged for, doesn't just, you know, shouldn't be judged until after it's over, that's fine. That's fine. But if we're doing previews of a card and we have to say some cards look good, some cards look bad, this card looks really bad. If you predicted ten, if you predicted ten finishes. You're 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 a friggin' genius, all right. You predicted like one of the most surprisingly exciting cards of the year, but come on now, guys. The card's bad on paper. We're not apologizing for that. I am gonna apologize for my Ultimate Fighter advice because, <laughs> like as you mentioned, it was brought up on No Bets Bard. I was not actually on No Bets Bard. I had consulted uh, Jed, uh, the esteemed Jed Mashu, before the uh, they recorded that episode, and I said, yeah, like Brogan Walker, more experience. She's got a win over Miranda Maverick. She's fought good for. She's fought Aaron Blanchfield. It didn't look that great against her, but she's fought better competition. Juliana Miller, only three pro bouts. She looked better in the house, sure, but I'm like, I think experience is going to matter. And uh, and uh, Zach Paga looked much better than Mohamed Usman in the house. Uh, Mo Usman has kind of like been one of those guys who you people have been waiting for a long time for him to break through. It hasn't quite happened, so perhaps I had given up on that. So I was like, Paga, Brogan Walker. Mark it down. Those are my picks for the Ultimate Fighter finales. I watch I watched hours of this show. I'm one of the only people who watched this show. Surely the time I spent watching this show gives me some sort of insight into who's going to win these fights. Sure enough, Juliana Miller, third round TKO, and uh, Mohamed Usman, uh, highlight reel knockout of Zach Paga. Listen, I stand by I stand by the analysis. I was super, super wrong. Uh, so I will I uh, yes, if I'm gonna apologize for anything, it's not judging the quality of the card. It's definitely judging who was gonna win these fights. I think I don't have it written down anywhere. I think I have a pretty bad record actually of picking uh, ultimate fighter finales. I probably should have mentioned that at some point. Um, some scenes are really easy, uh, especially some of the recent ones, but if you go back, I'm I have a real there was a stretch there. I must have picked like like six or seven scenes in a row. I must have picked like one winner out of however many uh, tough tournaments they had during those seasons. So, yeah, listen, I had my reasons. I, 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 they made sense on paper. I didn't know Brogan Walker was going to try and win a clinch battle that she couldn't win. Oh, <laughs> just 
that's fine. Listen, she knows more about fighting than I do. She thought that was going to work. It didn't work. It happens. And and I did not know that Mo's mom was going to explode like that because uh, I think Zach Paga won the first round pretty clearly. I thought we were going to see three rounds of that. But hey, great, great job by Usman, man. Landed a beautiful shot and and put Paga right out. One judge actually scored the first round for Usman, which was uh, which was pretty interesting. And by the yeah, way, overwhelming before, for Paga, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and for those who are saying you owe this card an apology, stop it. Because if you watch, like, if you're an NFL fan and you and there's a Thursday night football game and it's the freaking Falcons and the Texans. Like that game sucks on paper. It's a horrible football game on paper. And if they go out and just have a slugfest and play and score a hundred points total, like it doesn't change the fact that the two teams and that on paper are not like very good. Like it's not just it's just not a great matchup if it's the only game to watch. And we're all gonna watch it anyways because we're football fans and we're all gonna watch all these cards because we're MMA fans. But some cards are better than others. This one delivered. It's nice yeah. to overexceed expectations. Yeah, I went. To, I covered a Bellator card at Bridgeport, Connecticut. The card was not good. It was god awful on paper. Every fight was finished, and as a person in the building, it was entertaining and fun to watch. But it didn't take away from the fact that on paper, it wasn't going to keep everybody in on a Saturday night to watch fights when they could have gone out and done other things. That's all we were saying. We're not dumping on the fighters or anything like that. Just, yeah. This was the lineup. We're coming off two pretty solid cards back-to-back coming off of a pay-per-view. It's not easy to do what the UFC does when you have to fill these spots. But if a card is not tremendous on paper, we are allowed to say that it's not tremendous on paper. And Mm -hmm. now we're all happy, over-exceeded expectations, so let's leave that garbage alone. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, to dwell on the positive, to dwell on the positive. It's a really fun card. Turned out to be a fun card. Let's let's focus on that. It was fun. Great, great. Yeah, we saw some some great highlights. So there you go. Yeah, but don't don't play the oh you owe this card an apology because guess what you were saying the same thing yesterday and the day before. <laughs> oh, no, Mike, day what do you mean? That. No, what do you mean? We got a lot of geniuses in the comments who are like, oh, I knew I knew this card. Oh, I told you, I knew it was gonna be ten finishes. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, crap. all right. I'm so, <laughs> my kidding. best friend. Come, all right, come on. Okay, right, do we have bonuses yet? I haven't seen them. I don't know if anyone's seen them. We will let you know what they are when they when they come out. But uh, I've not seen the bonuses yet. As soon as they come out, we'll let you know. But great win for Sergey Spivak. He looked real good. He just brutalized Augusta Sakai from start to finish. But let's talk about Terrence McKinney, Jose. This guy, we, we talked a lot about him on the People's Pre-Fight Show. He's just doing everything right. All his fights are awesome. His finishes are great. Even his losses are fantastic to watch. And just everything this man is doing on social media He's getting a little bit of a promotional push, but everything this guy has earned, he has done by himself. And it's been pretty damn impressive to watch how popular this guy gets on his own, just doing everything right in and out of the octagon. This guy could be a big star for this company. And he just went out there and treated Eric Gonzalez accordingly. He was almost a minus 1,000 favorite by the time this fight closed, and he looked every bit of that. How how high is this man's ceiling, Jose, especially after watching another tremendous finish tonight? I mean, what? how high is his ceiling? It's a good question because he's in a very tough division. But I feel like as much of a as, – as popular as Patty Pimblett is and as much we get asked about Patty Pimblett, if, if you look at their skill sets, Terrence McKinney might have a better background to have a longer and more successful MMA career in terms of wins and losses because he does come from a high-level wrestling background uh, in uh, the northwest of America. But Paddy Pimlet obviously has the grappling, and he gets punched a lot. And Terrence McKinney also gets punched a lot. Uh, and his fights are also exciting when or loss, like you said. So I'm not going to say he's going to make as much money or be as popular as Paddy Pimblett because a lot of people are calling Paddy Pimblett like this next Conor McGregor. I'm not saying Terrence McKinney is that, but he's doing everything that Paddy's doing. He's just not. He's just doing it without the Scouser accent and without Molly McCann next to him. Uh, so I guess Terrence McKinney – he could be this next big wave of lightweights in the, in in America that kind of takes takes the 155 pound division by storm. But in terms of his ceiling, in terms of wins and losses, he says he's going to be champion. He says like I'm going to be champion by the time I'm 30 years old or something like that. So I guess that's his ceiling that he has set for himself, being champion by whatever age he's at. I don't think he'll get there by that date because it seems very very fast, but. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I want to see him fight another guy like Drew Dober because all the guys that he's beaten, he should beat in the way he's beating them. I want to see it like outside of the Frivola win. That was just 
that was nuts. What was that like seven seconds, something like that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, let's give him another fight against a guy like Drew Dober, like just outside of the top 20, and then we can have a better answer. I would like to see him face a guy that can test him. I have a tremendous answer for this question for on to the next one tomorrow, and I think it makes perfect sense. Um, what did you think, AK? Terrence McKinney, I mean, the guy just continues to get out there, come out there and just kind of light the world on fire and – He's got his phone, like he tweets before he walks out. And then like 20 seconds after his post of an interview, he's tweeting again. The guy's just, he's just fun to watch. He's fun to watch on social media. He's fun to watch inside the octagon. And he did it again tonight, AK. I'm such a fan. I'm such a fan. Listen, I'm Mr. I'm Mr. Let's not like talk up a prospect's chances, you know, so early. I've, I've, I've poured the, you know, cold water on so many people we brought up like Aaron Blanchfield and uh, even last week, who was it last week? Um, who was it last week? There was someone. There was someone last. Some. Some. Oh. Oh. I'm, I'm like a Muhammad Makayev. I'm like. Oh. Come on, guys. Like, stop saying two division champion. I don't even know if he wins one title. Like, I'm the first one to you know pour cold water on these things. It helps that McKinney is a little bit older. He's he's 27. I feel like he's again. I'm, I have a little bit better of idea of who he is just as a as a person as a human being and then just physically you know what he what he is and his fighting style um so i i'm a little bit um more willing to kind of jump on even though the the level of ufc ufc experience is similar to some of the other names that we've kind of like pushed really hard as future champions so but uh, but yeah four fights i've seen a lot of what i need to see even the dober loss the fact that he took that on short notice and and really had a uh, dober in a bit of trouble early that says a lot to me so i think he's gonna i really think he's gonna clean up his game i think there's going to be more losses to come too. Like if, if if we're going with the with the goal of 30 years old, and we're saying I said like 2024, I could see him fighting for a title. Maybe 2025. Again, he's 27 now. 30 is his goal. Um, he's going to have losses in between too. I don't think he wins like necessarily the next six fights and just just rushes to the top. He might win his next two and then and then get a you know a top uh, top seven top eight opponent and lose that one. So. I think he's headed down the right path. I think he has the right attitude about it. I love the confidence. You know, all the, of course, everyone goes in the UFC thinking they're going to be champion, but he's kind of been able to back it up in a really substantial way. Just the way he goes after people. He says, I'm a finisher. I'm going to finish quickly. And that's what he does. That's what he does. Again, he almost did Drew Dober too. So we'll, we'll see. There's still a lot of evolving to do. Again, 18 months from now, I think, you know, we could see him as a very different fighter than he is now, but it's really exciting. I, I, I'm very high on his chances um, at being a, a, a UFC title contender at the very least. Eric Gonzalez, you know, hey, listen, not a top, whatever, not a top 30 guy, not the greatest, most toughest guy in the lightweight division, but a, but a very exciting performance. And we'll see if he lines up, lines something up. Guess that Patty fight, man, it's not going to be in Madison Square Garden because you know Patty Pimlet does not want to fight in New York. He's pretty much ruled that out, I guess, unless I think the UFC would have to pay him an exorbitant amount of money. And even then, then maybe he wouldn't want to do it even more because of the tax man is going to take a bigger chunk. But um, if he can get that fight somewhere, even if he has to go to London to get it, I mean, Terrence McKinney, jump on that because that would be, yeah, that would just be enormous for his his, uh, his profile. Casey, we have, uh, I don't know if these are all the bonuses, but we have, oh no, we have all the bonuses. If you want to hit the breaking news music. There we go. Uh, fight of the night, the main event. Tiago Santos versus Jamal Hill. Not one, not two, but three performance bonuses. Muhammad Usman, Jeff Neal, and Brian with a Y battle gets it done. Brian battle gets $50,000, as he should, because that head kick knockout was unbelievable. Now, his math skills and his phonics <laughs> skills may not be up to par, but who cares? <laughs> you know, that kick in the face took away all of that that was that was an incredible performance so i thought we'd get more bonuses than that ak poppins poppins was robbed (laughs) she should have definitely got a bonus the first First von flu choke by a woman in ufc history what the um and also what a statement they would have made if they gave a bonus to uh to every fighter tonight for again only the second time in history as you mentioned that this has ever happened uh now that would have a lot of money but they've got a lot of money um, can, can we say can we say with confidence that these the fight of the night and two performance bonuses like standard is pretty much over? I feel like over the last two months we've had more cars that didn't follow that structure than have. Right? Am I crazy? Because there's been like ones like uh, fight of the night and four performance bonuses, and then there's one everyone got a everyone who got a finish got a bonus with one of those cards. They've deviated from a little bit as they should. Again, it really should get to the point where every finish gets a bonus. Um, I don't I don't think they'll ever do that but that's what i would like to see and certainly tonight it would have been a really and guess what 
they could have rubbed it in the so-called media's faces because they could have been like, oh, you guys thought this card was bad? Guess what? Every fighter got, got put on a performance-winning bonus. It's one of the best cards we've ever put on. That would have been a great statement to make. And most importantly, more fighters would have gotten some extra cash. So, um, yeah, it would have been nice. It would have been really nice for Poppins, for Mayra Bueno Silva, everyone, everyone that, that got a finish tonight um, to get that 50 Gs. But, um, oh, well, at least the people who got it, I think, deserved it. I got no problem with it. If, but I would have at least done one more for uh, for Court McKenna. Yeah, speed and Spivak just ran over a man who's very tough to finish. Like he's he's just Sakai was just in there trying to stay in there, and, and Spivak just kept it coming, man. That was a great performance. That was a statement win for him. And he got on the microphone, like like our commenter just said, and he begged for that bonus and and he didn't get it. So uh before you move on to the peeps, Jose, one more thing on Terrence McKinney. AK had mentioned it, so I'll I'll get your thoughts on it. Terrence McKinney gets on the mic and he calls out Patty the Batty says October 22nd, or we do it in, in, in MSG. I think MSG is like the perfect place for that fight. I do understand Patty's hesitation, taxes, all that stuff. That's what you have to do as a fighter. James Krause has lived his life like that. If a fight is in a place where the taxes aren't high, he'll go. If it's a place where the taxes are high, he ain't going to fight there. So is this the fight to make, or do we need to keep these two apart for as long as possible? I keep them apart until at least they're inside the top 15 because there's a lot of money to be made with these two. And I know I always talk about how like this is a sport and they should fight if the rankings matter. But for you, you rarely do strike lightning like this where you get these two really exciting prospects who are really good on the mic and really good at social media and they have a lot of fans and they've just naturally become – fan favorites just by being themselves and they also happen to be very high level fighters i would keep them apart till at least they're inside the top 15 because then it would be a much bigger deal now at that point patty might just become a a, a, a mega star like that everyone knows and then it might not make sense so you risk that but at the same time if you give him terrence mckinney now i wouldn't be surprised if terrence mckinney wins and then you just lose the 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 luster of patty pimlet before he even fights a big name so i would keep them apart there are other names that i that they could fight and i would still be interested in and in maybe two years from now when they're in the top 15 and they have a lot of wins and losses under their record then it would be fun just as fun and it could make even more money so keep them apart terrence mckinney i don't know how high his ceiling is going to be like i don't know if this is going to be a guy who fights for the belt but at worst he's going to be like Gaethje-esque, Vicente Luque-esque, where he's like must, he'll be like must watch television over the Maybe. next couple of years. Like just think of the fight, like just think like two to three years from now, like the evolution of McKinney's game when he's fighting guys like Fazeev, fighting guys like potentially Gaethje, Poirier, Chandler, like those fights, not now, you don't do them now, but like two, three years from now when McKinney's like all that greenness t- sort of turns to gold. Oh man. Like, this is going to be an exciting guy to watch. Like, he might not win the belt, but he's going to be a guy who's going to win a lot of bonuses. He's going to be on a lot of main cards. He might headline a bunch of fight nights. I'm excited to see where this guy goes. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Just as much as I am excited to see what the peeps thought tonight. Let's go to the peeps. Take some questions. Get some thoughts on a, a very good card. They're very card vocal. Over delivered. Yeah. Thank you, everyone who's uh, commenting. Everyone that jumping in the comments. Uh, they're all they're all welcome. They're all welcome, regardless of quality. Thank you, guys. This card to me was like when I went and saw Anchorman for the first time because I thought watching the previews <laughs> of Anchorman was junk. I was like, oh, this movie's gonna be so stupid. And then I walked to the, and then I went and watched it. I'm like, this movie was hilarious. It was great. And th- this is not like 38, 39 year old dad Mike. This is like 20 year old idiot Mike who it was just the right movie at the right time. And it just over exceeded well, expectations. And speaking of Anchorman, the UFC will be in the Wells of next week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, man. 
we have to agree to disagree. I, I just watched yeah. that. I just watched it again the other, the other week. All right. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a couple extra fights on that one. Angela mm-hmm. Hill, no, Luby yeah. Godinez is now on yeah, that card, yeah, moving up yeah. two freaking months. Those two are just absolute gamers. Uh, Priscilla Cachuera and Ariane Lipsky is on that card. Even though like it was kind of – it's the plan, but it's not 100% done yet. Uh, looks like the Jason Witts, Josh Quinlan fight. There's a chance that it ends up on that card. It all depends on Jeff Davitsky spoke with the media about what happened with Josh Quinlan. Very similar to John Jones. Nothing that's going to keep him out. Nothing that the Nevada State Athletic Commission is, they're not worried about him fighting outside of Las Vegas or anything like that. Uh, it was just something, it was a precaution. They need to do their research. USADA did theirs. He's clear. There'll be no suspension or anything like that. Uh, but Andy Foster is the gold standard when it comes to commission work so he's gonna just dot his i's and cross his t's and once he does that that fight will probably be added but it's just not a hundred percent added yet last night it was like all systems go and then apparently they're like whoa, whoa 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 not so fast and that's what bums me out actually that two the ufc had two fights drop off they didn't have to pay those fighters their full amounts so there was extra money there and there was all these freaking finishes tonight on a card that was really everyone shit on. And give some more money out. Give some yeah. more money out, UFC. So. And again, they would Casey, they could have rubbed it in our faces. They could have they, they could have like rubbed it in our face on multiple levels. One, our, our criticism of the card. They could have said, look, all the bonus. Plus, also, oh, you say we, we oh, the media is always talking about fighter pay. Look at us giving money away. Look how gregarious we are. We're giving money away. Like you could UFC, you really could have stuck it. You really could have stuck it to us. You really could have stuck it to us and helped the fighters at the same time, and you missed out. What a missed opportunity! Give us, give us hell, Quimby. Give us hell, Quimby. <laughs> can you, can you imagine? Can you imagine if Dana White walked up right? to, the, to the post-fight press conference with like an eight by ten framed photo, and he turned it around? It was the one of you that was on that yeah. bash the media video. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's just like, hey, 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 like he could have stuck. I would. What, what would I have said if, if he had given bonus to everyone? I would have. Said, I could have nothing to say. It shut me right up. Instead, I'm here on this post fight show talking and annoying all these people. But uh, I want to read a comment from uh, Max Rapkin who said, "If uh, if Fight Nights had crypto bonuses, tell me that Sam Alvey wouldn't have gotten that 30k bonus." Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, for sure. He would. We didn't even talk about him. Oh, 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 what? Okay. Because if, if that question, was this, if, that was the story of the night because we saw a record. We saw, we saw MMA crazy. history saw. tonight. Where were so, you? PJ <laughs> Penn's record got broken. So, so here I, I'm going to be honest with everybody. It was right around this time where my whole day changed. Like I felt <laughs> fine, and then all of a sudden, like after Sam Alvey got brutally knocked out, like my, I felt like I, I now feel like I got run over by a Mack truck. I feel like super sick right now and it's i'm sweating profusely it's really bad uh, but it happened right after that and jose let me start with you on this fight i came into this fight with really really tampered expectations i try to be positive i said sam alvey was going to have some moments in the first round he might even hurt oleg zaychuk and then oleg zaychuk was going to stop him in the second round after he survived it but so i expected to be like somewhat sad like roll my eyes a little bit like enough is enough but this seeing how this played out and seeing his whole freaking family in the building, like everybody there, it was just really sad, man. Like I, I, uh, I, I it was way worse than I thought it was going to be Jose. Yeah. It wasn't great. It also didn't help that he barely, <laughs> it also helped that it, he barely made weight. So it was like, what was he like 15 pounds over like two days before 20 pounds over two days before going back to middleweight. Like, the days of remember when Sam Alvey was just knocking people out. That was weird. That was a weird time in our lives. Remember he knocked out like Cesar Fajeda, and I was like, "This is just that man just knocked out Cesar Fajeda, and now he has BJ Penn's record." Like, what a weird time in our lives. So yeah, but wasn't great to watch. Once they cut to his family, I'm like, "Well, I don't want to see that because I know <laughs> what's about. I know what's about to happen, and I don't want to see his family right now." 
this is it, right? AK, like, this is it. We can't do yeah. this again, right? No, no. Last last fight on his contract. It would just be unreasonable. I don't care if he says, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll come back for half. And why would he do that? I don't I don't think even Sam Alvey would, would do that. Um, yeah, last fight. He fought it out. They let they let him fight it out. He said he said he got, you know, he spoke to them before, like, after that, uh, that loss to Brendan Allen. And he thought he was already going to get canned. And he was just so happy they gave him another shot. And I think this is it. Like, it's like, everyone into this last fight with the best of intentions, I want to say. But... Um, this is it in the UFC. It, hopefully, I hope Sam Alvey has enough money to retire, and maybe this is it for him as a fighter. But it, I very, I fully expect to see him in Bellator, Eagle FC, somewhere within the next uh, twelve months. Remember, he beat. You Rashad. say Bellator? You think? You think? Oh no way! Bellator touches. This. I don't know. He's got a name. No way. No. Oh, we know we are talking about it. No, Bellator's not going to touch. Remember when, Sam Alvey beat, oh, remember when Sam Alvey beat Rashad Evans in Mexico City on the prelims? Yep. That was weird too. Yep. Now, if I, I will say this, I will say this: if I don't want to see any more Sam Alvey fights ever again, but if there's one, if there's one that can be made and it's like a guarantee, Mike. it's the final fight. You Mike, do the no. rematch with Rashad. You do the rematch with Rashad. Like oh, I'm okay with that. Rashad, anything like other than that, yeah. Yeah, he fought Eagle FC. Ego, yeah, Ego, Ego FC. Yeah, you're right, Eagle FC. Oh, okay. Yeah, those two guys, that's it. And Dave Feldman, here's a message for you. To, to paraphrase a very popular song, hey, Feldman, leave this man alone. Do not call <laughs> Sam Alvey. Do not call his management team. Leave this man alone. You want to bring him out to sit cage side for a fight? You want to put him on the broadcast team? You want him to do backstage interviews? You want him to do in-cage interviews after the fight? Totally okay. But this man should not be competing in your ring. Don't do it. You know who you should fight? He should complete. He should complete the trilogy with Gerald Mearshart. Three fights, three different promotions. Make it happen. I actually wow. don't hate they're, that idea. They're one on one. I know they're one on one. It's got to be a two hundred five though. It's got to be yeah. a two hundred five though. Because they fought. I they. I want to say they fought like five years apart, and for like two super random promotions with like really funny. Because I I. I wrote a story on Sam Alvey like years ago, and they they were like hilarious promoter names. It was like Combat Iron Fist Forty Three or something weird like that. It was like it was very regional MMA. And let's hey, and, listen, um, time frame is my line up. Bell- Sam Alvey fought in Bellator already, so he would be going really? back oh, true. to Bellator. Do you uh, guys Sam Alvey has a win over Jason. Combat. <laughs> Sam Alvey uh, took the loss in uh, Combat USA. Yep. <laughs> and then uh, Sam Alvey got the win at NAFC Mega Brawl in uh, May yeah. 2014. Yeah, that oh, dude man. is crazy. And and I'm pretty sure. Wait, wait, wait. Can, heck, can you say Mega Brawl one more time again? Just say it. Mega Brawl. And I'm, pretty sure, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure he, that was like a situation because I'm assuming this because I know he was the MFC champion mm-hmm. shout out to the, our canadian mma promotions and they were like oh you need another win to get to the ufc so he just won an mfc and then took a fight like a week later against gerald mershart won and then went and fought in the ufc which i was at his no, ufc debut no. bangor Man. no he he had to go on the ultimate fighter sam alvey he was on the oh it might have been oh that might have been that might have been before mfc he was on the Ultimate Fighter, and he fought at welterweight twice. Oh, he actually weighed in at 170 twice. He used to be uh, a welterweight? No, 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 no. Wow. He, I think he had – I'm pretty sure he had never fought at welterweight before doing the Ultimate Fighter. So he did the reverse thing. You know, most people in the Ultimate Fighter, they go they, – they fight a weight class yeah. up. So they, he did the opposite. He went to a weight class down and had to make 170 twice. Well, I guess once for going to the house and then once to fight in the house. Unsurprisingly, he got lost. He lost the first round because he looked very drained uh, in his first fight. So he didn't make it past the first round. He looked. You guys can find that episode in Fight Pass. He, he does. He looks almost unrecognizable at 170. It was not a good idea at all. Was he Fair smiling? Enough. Seeing, of course. Seeing middleweight. <laughs> seeing middleweight Kenny Florian on the first season of Tough. <laughs> oh, unbelievable. So uh, and and listen, the timing could work out because Gerald Mearshart is fighting next Saturday against Bruno Silva. So maybe the timelines could uh, could line up. There's the trilogy, gentlemen. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk about the very first fight of the card. Myra Buena Silva versus Stephanie Egger. What the hell it was going to hell is the pre-show wraps. You know, they they said the judges were not needed tonight. Not true because nope. the judges were needed in this fight because it's very strange. If you guys missed it, there was an arm bar. 
No one saw what happened. Chris Tyone, we thought Chris Tyone was doing Chris Tyone-like things. Turns out there was potentially a tap. He goes to the judges and they kind of like pull it and turns out that there was definitely a tap upon all the different replays and it was called correctly. So, yeah, yeah this, actually, is, uh, uh, this is... Chris Tyone did the right, I think... The, no, he did. weird, but he, he actually, did. I think he actually did everything correct. Yeah, it was odd because of the 100%. positioning and there was no good camera angle yep. and it wasn't the UFC's fault. It wasn't anyone's fault. It's just... That's just how fights end up sometimes. And, um, yeah, and uh, Stephanie Yeager tried to pull a fast one. That's about it. What you should do. What you should do. You should try to do as much as, as possible. But sometimes if, if you cheat, you get caught. And this time it, it worked out. Silva, great job, great performance. Eggers tough, was on a nice little run. And Silva went out there and did the damn thing. It was a, a strange start to this card, AK, was it not? Yeah, and it was bizarre, and we, we, we were uh, – Silva's reaction was bizarre. Egger's reaction was also strange. I see Egger taking a lot of crap for kind of not being more forthcoming if she ta- – I get it, She sh- but I think I think obviously she regretted tapping in the moment. Uh, and then when she, I think when the referee's like kind of – when she saw the referee was confused, I think she she thought like, oh – Oh, did he not see it? She's like, oh, he, she, he, and then, so she didn't want to commit either way. She didn't want to suddenly like start protesting. She knew, yeah. she knew that she, she had knew tapped. She tapped. Yeah. That's why, that's why there was no, oh, what are you doing? No, why? why didn't you... oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that, that didn't happen. But then rather than admit it right away, when she realized like she, that there were like, that she was being asked, she probably thought like, wait a minute, like just very, like not in depth, but thinking like, wait, could I, is this, could I, is this a no contest if I say nothing? Is this like, how, you know, so I, I don't know if Stephanie Egger meant to be like a terrible sport in that situation. Yeah, I guess she should have come out and admitted it. But I think she saw that when there was all this deliberation over it, she's like, well, if they don't know if I've, you know, they don't know yet, why should I, you know, say was, it just, was it just a couple of weeks ago when the same thing happened with uh, Limos and Michelle Waterson, the rest mm-hmm. didn't see the tap. And but Michelle respected the fact, or well, Limos yes. respected the tap, and Michelle no. just goes, "Hey, I tapped." And, you know, yes. you know, Edgar pulled a how, tried to pull uh, a fast one. But yeah, sorry, Jose. That's how Anthony Pettis won the title. Benson Henderson audibly tapped, and Pettis let go and they go before yeah. the ref even. Yeah, the ref was mm-hmm. like, "What?" And then Benson was like, "Yep, yeah, I, I lost. I lost." Yeah. Question though, if that ref didn't see, or the ref goes, "I don't know." What mm-hmm. happens then? Do they just you mean the, restart the you fight? Mean the, the, the judge they asked. I'm sorry. The if the judge, judge asked, I think at that point you have you have to go to a no contest. I think I think you just have to. But that'd be that's insane to be a no contest. Why just restart from both standing and all right? That's not fair to Myron Breno Silva because then she why should she have to go back to standing when she arguably finished the fight? Like then that's not fair. That's not fair to her then. <sighs> I to, right? The fight was called. The fight was called. You, you, you what, can't. What, what, the fight was stopped. The fight was called. What do you mean the fight was called? The fight, what, it was what, called. He stepped in and touched one of the – he touched the fighters. And it, that's so it. That's he over. called the fight. He said the fight's over. The fight's over. You win. Silva wins. I think – I mean, but honestly, if he didn't see the tap, I don't think he can make that So call. what was he stopping then if he didn't call. see a tap? What was he stopping? Because she stopped. She didn't stop anything. No, my Bruno Silva let go. She stopped. Yeah, yeah but that doesn't stop go. the fight. That doesn't stop the fight. But no, the, it's – it's, yeah, it, it used stopped. to be no, but the fight yeah, doesn't. The fight used, still you can let go of a submission. The fight still goes on. Yeah, but then he stopped. Then he stopped the fight. Yeah, but so why did yeah. he stop the fight? That, well, because that's I the thing. He, and that's I why I go to no contest. Off guard yeah. and was just like, oh, I guess she tapped. Like because yeah. uh, Bueno Silva said she tapped, so then he walked in and was like, she tapped, and then he waved it off. Yeah, once so he I, does he, that, he just was caught off guard. So immediately, yeah. so immediately gave the win to Silva, yeah. and then he was just kind of. Checking it, yeah. making well, sure that asked, it was And then he the asked Stephanie Egger, and she, he goes, Did you tap? And her answer was silence. So then he was <laughs> okay. Yeah, because now, because the replay rules that changed, you can restart a fight if you That's what I thought. Replay. Yeah. Before you yeah, couldn't. Yeah. Now you can. Now you there can. There you go, AK. Jeez. No, well, rules, saying, I, I, I don't, I don't think the rules. Oh, I don't think he would. Have. Oh, okay, Mister Mister Rules. Apparently, you can just like let go, of, uh, stop fighting, and the referee's just supposed to like acknowledge that. Come on now. Yeah, you can. You can. You don't. Have, if you can, no, but I'm gonna let go. The fight doesn't. Fight you're you're wondering why the fight was stopped. I'm like, I think it's pretty clear why the fight was stopped. I don't think it's a mystery. No, no, <laughs> you're, you're, no, no. You're but that's what I think. The fight. The, obvious the, everyone. Well, no, it's not. It wasn't pretty obvious because if the fight if fight was stopped, then the fight's over. He started, he goes, he started talking to the judges. He started like talking to the judges. And asked calling for a replay. He did this. That's I guess yeah. that means and you saw as soon as he did this, the judge like picked up a siren, like one of those orange sirens, and put it on the table. Yeah, and I was sure. like, This is awesome. This is the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Finally we get to use <laughs> the orange siren. 
people are asking time. um is, people are asking like is this was this legal like what or was this right what chris tony did and it's like uh, I, uh aaron bronstetter and i think sean sheehan both mentioned yeah this is actually something that yeah. they do you you if you're isn't kind of inclusive you have to poll poll the judges that's the exact wording of it and and they were mentioned like it rarely happens obviously at the ufc level or even at bellator level like major league level apparently it happens on you know smaller shows much more common on smaller shows especially where they don't have so many cameras right so it's like on smaller shows you kind of just have to rely on who's ever cage side so yeah this is they, they do have a mechanism for uh inconclusive kind of spotting finishes so yeah chris ioni pretty well handled a plus remember when they watched the replay when we were at that denver card casey with the, the oh, uh, Skelly, bobby moffett yeah i remember that. the replays for that too and mm. they, they like decided that he didn't tap but like the fight was over so it was something yeah. weird yeah, I think Moffat officially got the loss that night, but then it got overturned to no contest. No, Chaz Skelly got. I'm sorry, the loss. I'm sorry, Chaz Skelly yeah. got officially got the loss that was, night. That one was weird because it was overturned like a long, time. long time. Yeah, like a year Five, later. Like, yeah, it was a yeah. long time. Like I forgot. Like what? Oh yeah, I was yeah. there. Have we seen a, a restart since they implemented the new replay rule? I don't Have we know. seen them do a, a pause, call for replay, and then yeah, just reset. Uh, I don't remember. Shout out to the guys, guys in the chat. If you guys remember in the chat, let, give us an example. But I don't think it's had because it hasn't come up that many times for one thing. And then, yeah, and then to actually get a restart, it just has to be it's, it's a pretty difficult call to make. So, yeah, yeah, I don't think we've seen it. All right. Thank you. All right. Kind of answer my take, questions, I guess. Yeah, we'll take a couple more. Cool, cool. Uh, do, 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 yeah, we got some. Um, uh, where is that question? Um, I think it's Juju. Not Who's JoJo's Juju. first UFC yeah. fight? Juju. <laughs> like, is that a yeah. trivia question? Like, yeah. <laughs> who, who, did, who did Joanne Calderwood? Like, JoJo's, had, JoJo's had many UFC fights. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Juliana Miller. Uh, I mean, I'm a, we have to answer this on, on to the next one, AK. I uh-huh. have my thoughts, but I will say in the Victoria Leonardo, Hannah Goldie range is yep. what I'm looking at. Yeah, Nothing just, higher. Yep. Yeah, just I'll take she's, got, I mean, I'll take, you know, she's got potential. She's oh. obviously like her grappling is incredible. She's got a great personality. She can become something that people want to see. But you don't want to just throw her in there with. No. Yeah, you don't yeah. want to throw her in there with freaking Lauren Barbie. Murphy right now. That's just well, a terrible and, idea. Yeah, and and if and if um uh uh what's her opponent's whose opponent's name I forgot um if Brogan won one she would be in the mm-hmm. same position too. You want. Yeah. It would have been sure. somewhat around the top 25. I'm, I'm, yep. I don't even know if there are other 25 flyweights. I'm not even sure. But around, you know, the back end. That's all. I don't think there's any rush. Don't they on, know um, for Juju. tough winners? Don't they usually match them up with like someone from the season almost? Are they going like, to sign anyone else? Always. Um, that happened to Brian Battle, but only because Brian Battle was supposed to yeah. fight a guy. Yeah, only because to kind of redo it. Um, that was supposed to be the fin- the final match. Yeah, like when Luis Pena couldn't find the finale or something like that. Or also, something. I'll be honest. Yeah. I uh, I don't know how many uh, people yeah, from yeah, this yeah. season are going to get signed. If I'm <laughs> do, does nice um do you, do you think the UFC signs um uh I don't know if say his name Pog- Paga Paga I would hope so. I would hope so. At two or five, um, I think maybe. Yeah, he's not a, he's not a big heavyweight at all. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I think I think they keep him around, give him one more chance. But definitely, it's it's definitely a one fight. I think he's getting a one fight deal. You win, then you get, then they're gonna give him a four fight deal. So it's tough, it's tough when you don't win the uh, the ten fight contract or whatever. Yeah. It is. And I assume the UFC so, they, they they usually sign the loser of the finale no matter what, right? Usually, or maybe yeah. There's been a few exceptions, but but like usually, yeah. But I would I would expect Brogan Walker probably to get one more fight too. Mm-hmm. I think I think Usman and Miller would have been we're gonna get signed no matter what. I agree. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um should Tiago go up to heavyweight or be let go? He has lost four of his last five fights. I don't think that's gonna and help listen, him. <laughs> yeah, this I mean listen, there's still fights for him. He was Absolutely. I mean, the fight was a little sloppy at times, but it was it was a it was a pretty fun fight. Like the like game it. plan was was a smart one, and Jamal Hill just got the got the job done. So also, he literally only loses to people in the top five, <laughs> or yeah. like the champion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So I listen, he's not, I don't think they're going to let him go. There's his name still has value, especially with like guys coming up in this division right now. You got to keep him around. I would be, I would Santos still mean something. Absolutely. I would be super interested in him going back to middleweight. If he, if he can do he it. Looked, yeah. He looked gigantic tonight. Yeah. Like humongous. He if did. he can get to 185, I mean, that's going to be Because he only went to 205 dude. because they needed like last minute fights and he just kept winning until he yeah. fought John. Yeah. Dunn. Yeah. <laughs> just, yep. just act, he accidentally got a title shot by just taking short yeah. notice fights pretty much. <laughs> um, Anything else? I think we're good. I think we've uh, we've done well. Fight card over exceeded expectations, and we Great like card. when that happens. Yeah, the, pa- the pacing card. the pacing was not very fun. No. What can you do though? The actual well, fighting the actual fighting part. Sure, good job. I will say, yeah. I mean, I went to the uh, Icon FC card last night in Savannah. I mean, it was just bang, bang. One fight ended, next fight started. Like, six-fight main car, we're out of there in, like, 90 minutes. It was pretty fantastic. Um, but listen, it was a good night. Nice. Good night of fights. Ten fights, ten finishes. Congratulations to all the winners. Congratulations to Jamal Hill for closing the show. AK, I'll see you tomorrow for some matchmaking. For AK, Feel better, for Mike. Jose, Feel better. For yeah. EKC, I am Mike Heck. Good night, everybody. Go watch The Sandman. Cool. <laughs> Go watch the rehearsal on HBO. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts.